Welcome back, everyone, to the Embracing Brokenness podcast. I'm Steve Adams, and if you have been tuning in lately, you know that we are now in the second part of a two-part series that we recorded a little while ago, but we had our whole team around the table, and what a great time it was, uh, just conversing on a subject that is, well, it's, it's sometimes tricky to try to navigate, and it's this messy middle of the Christian life. So I just want to let you know that in this particular episode, we had a little bit of an issue uh, when we uploaded the audio files, so it got corrupted, but I just felt like it would, the conversation was so good. If we could get enough that you could hear well, we would still go ahead and broadcast it. So I just, again, warning you that it's not great, but I think you'll be able to hear well enough to just engage in this with us and maybe get a conversation of your own going in your own household. So without further ado, our team discussing Part two of the messy middle of the Christian life. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Embracing Brokenness podcast. I am Steve, Michael, Colleen, and you will see Katie plugged in the middle here. So <laughs> we are talking to you about a subject that uh, is near and dear to all of our hearts. What does it look like to live in the messy middle of our life in Christ? Uh, we used the last time the Rubik's Cube as a visual example, and you'll see I'm sitting here right in the middle of the table. For those of you who can't see, there's a perfect cube on the left. There's a messy, mixed-up puzzle in the middle. And the third 3 by 3 by 3 cube on the right, which is perfect again. And what I love about the depiction here is that this would be Eden on the left. This would be the life we're living right now in the middle, and this would be the life we will live again when we spend an eternity with God in heaven. This is just awesome. So how do we navigate this messy middle is what we've been talking about. And we covered a few of uh, the topics last time around, but we want to jump right into uh, sort of the next thing that, that we would want to consider, and is sin uh, and repentance, right? So the reality of facing uh, sin and the shortcomings go with that as a Christian. I just want to read this one verse from Psalm 37, 28. The Lord will not leave him in his hand or let him be condemned when he is judged. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. So sin and repentance. It's a uh, part of our daily life. Uh, we can't live apart from it, unfortunately. I wish we, we could. Uh, but we can't. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on this topic, this little subject? Well, yeah, sin and <laughs> repentance. Like to, to me, this is just like a hot button topic for for the church. Um, I, I think that we spend a lot of time and focus here. Yeah. Um, you know, sin management, getting, making sure, and, and you know, sort of what we alluded to in our last segment about being performance oriented. Yeah. We feel like we have to spend a lot of time and energy in managing ourselves, our sin, our sin. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, and, and God gives grace. There's, but what I'm, what I'm discovering is that it really isn't about the sin. Mm. You know, we spend all of our, not all of our, we spend an inordinate amount of energy, like I said, on sin management yeah. and focus on the ramifications like the guilt condemnation all the things that go along with it um 
it really, in my opinion, it is really isn't about the sin because Jesus took that away. Yeah. Right. Um, and we can't. Like the, one of my favorite scriptures is "Righteous man falls seven times and gets up eight. Right. Huh. The you you can com- be a complete disaster of a human being. Mm-hmm. Seven being the number of completion you right. could have in the world's eyes completely failed. Mm. And the righteous man gets up again because mm. there's grace, and yeah. you, uh, God loves you. And so when you when you when you sort of get to the point where you understand, how does God see me? Mm-hmm. Where's where do I fit in in the whole grand scheme of things? What has Jesus done on my behalf? Yeah, um, it becomes less about sin and more about relationship, mm-hmm. or, or like that would be the goal. Yeah. Right. Let's let's not focus so much on what we're doing wrong, and accept the grace that's been given to us that takes care of that. Yeah. And focus on how do we. I think it can be instructive. Obviously, you know, there if we have things that sin in our lives, especially these repetitive things, mm-hmm. you know, God's going to say, "Hey, there's an underlying thing that needs to be taken care of here." But that's what that's the journey is wholeness. Yeah. That's the journey of, of mm-hmm. sanctification. Yeah. But we can't get so distracted by the sin part of it and because we have an accuser oh, who will love to get you just focusing on how bad you're doing and mm-hmm. how you've missed it. You'll always miss it. You know, we have mm-hmm. a lot of lies and condemnation and shame around yeah. sin, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the if we if we focus on that and not on the journey. And understanding how God sees us and where He wants to position us and yeah. our success with Him, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stall. We're gonna sit in this uh, this spin cycle like I sat for years and years mm-hmm. and, yeah. and shame. Like I wasn't engaging in conversation with God about it because I thought that I understood my warped understanding of the Father and how He you know how He viewed me. I didn't want to. I didn't wasn't going to engage him in this because I, I'm like he, he hates it he he hates he doesn't hate me but he hates that I, when I do these kinds of things I don't want to talk to him about it when I when I got beyond that and understood what he really wanted mm-hmm. and where he wanted to meet me in the in this in the sin and repentance world yeah it it was a game changer because now I I don't really like the bottom line like my my where I am at this point and what I would like to convey here is be quick about it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. just like, it's going to happen. We we're, we're here. You are here. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, when you look at those maps, you know, uh, when you're on the turnpike <laughs> or whatever, you pull over at the rest stop, it says you are here. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. where we're at. So yeah. there you are. You're yeah. gonna, there's going to be sin. There's going to be a need to be yeah. repentance. Um, and, and we live in, an, in the season of grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we live in the not yet. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. So be quick about repenting because it's it's like it's what it's there for. Mm-hmm. Come back to him. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it's something that needs to be addressed on a deeper level, mm-hmm. you'll get there because that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He wants you to be free. He wants yeah. you to be whole. Yeah. And so he wants to partner with us in that. Not not it's not about eating you up. Mm-hmm. It's about partnering with us in the Holy Spirit and getting us through the journey. Yeah. So um, the other part of this, uh, you know, 
as you navigate through the healing process, I'll, you know, I've had a tendency sometimes to beat myself up where because mm. when I come I come across something that I've dealt with before or have been healed of in the past, mm -hmm. and uh, I find myself having another go around. Mm -hmm. Well, the enemy loves to pile on that and to say, "Well, look, you failed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you've dealt with this. What are you here again? Mm -hmm. You're never going to make it." Mm -hmm. Well. You know, the God the healing isn't a once and done. It's, it's like like all the we always talk about peeling the layers of the onion. You know, just because you dealt with shame at some point, you mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're never gonna feel it again. Yep. Just because you've you've up conquered uh, uh alcoholism or if you've conquered another any of the other isms that we've yeah, yeah. that we've talked about in the past and you know, with the tree. Yes. Um uh, you know, if you you just because you conquered lust doesn't mean you'll never be tempted with that again, or that you'll never walk through that again. Yeah. It's just another layer, yeah. another layer of freedom, another another yeah. opportunity yeah. to to get you further down. So, yeah. um, you know, there are there consequences to, to sin. Sure, yeah. you know, you know, look, God gives us like 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 any parent would would tell their kid, you know, yep. you have to. You can't run out into the street. You, you know, they're going, you're going to get a little swat. Like you can't run out into the street, <laughs> Be, not because I don't want you to run, but because if you don't see where you're going, you're going to get hit by a truck. That's for mm -hmm. sure. So, like, there are consequences sometimes, or you know, God forbid, you do get hit by a truck, or mm -hmm. you do lose a relationship, or you do lose your job, or you do lose whatever, because there's. But but it's not the focus. Yeah. Right? So. I love your comparison to the tree also because, you know, when as the tree deals with sin and sin being missing the mark, you know, from walking in the kingdom of God um, and choosing ourself, um, there's really root issues that have to do with our trust in God, our trust in so many things. They're the healing needs. And if we don't look at it like, oh, I'm a failure, I did it again. When we understand how weak we really are, we're going to do it again, right? Like we are just going to do it again. And I think Bonhoeffer talks about cheap grace uh, in his book, Cost of Discipleship. And I think cheap grace is the belief that God is going to extend grace and we're going to do things and there's no turning, there's no real deep repentance but the bigger thing he calls cheap grace is there's no relationship, right? Like the relationship is what keeps us going forward to do the right thing. The relationship makes it so painful when, you know, we've kind of made this contract with God and, well, I'm not going to do this again because I missed the mark and I turned from it. And the reality is we have to acknowledge that the deeper things in us um, those wounds are actually what make us return to that and the relational pieces God wants to heal it. And so when you look in the scriptures and it talks about in our weakness, he's made strong. Our position should always be in weakness. And I think not that we want to keep sinning. That's certainly not the goal. Um, relationship is going to help us say, I want to be a different person. Um, but also really, you know, not taking on the sin and focusing on it like Satan wants us to, but saying, Lord, what does this teach me about who I am and what our relationship looks like is so valuable. Um, and of course, we need to be repentant. You know, that's 
the end goal, but it doesn't mean we weren't repentant if we repeat it. It means there is something driving us deeper at a much deeper level that needs to be healed. And so I love that. Yeah, I love your comparison to the tree. You remind me of, you know, the, your, your reference to Bonhoeffer. I always think about Paul, the Apostle Paul, and all of his writings. Like, you know, he must have been surrounded by so many religious people. Oh, yeah. You know, he was, well, he says, he claims, so like, I was the Jew of Jews. Yeah. I, was the, I was the one who was committed more than anyone. Because mm-hmm. the way he writes, and he takes his logic to the absurd, yeah. because he knows who he's surrounded by. Well, you, <laughs> if, if you say that there's grace, that if, you know, he's like, well, may it never be that I would sin just so I could have more grace. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that, he know he's like, I know what you're going to say. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. But so we just thought to show up as our authentic self and say, yep. here's where I'm at. Yeah, I've been here before, but then, yep. you know, let, let God talk about why. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. There are things he wants to heal for sure. Thanks, guys. Great, great way to segue into, uh, the next area. So we talked a little bit earlier about community. It came up in our conversation, the role of community in the messy middle. And Katie, I'd love to get your perspective on this uh, because uh, you find yourself oftentimes, right, and especially with the community of moms and the community of church, you know, what, how does that come together for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we talk about safe community at embracing brokenness and it's the idea that you find a group of people that you can be authentic with walk through the messy middle with and um, be honest about where you're at and for that person to really take that information and cherish it so I think for me safe community is about sharing in the struggle Um, I have a friend who I've been walking with Uh, as a a sister in Christ for years now. And we've gotten to the point where asking, instead of saying, how's the weather type of conversation, Mm -hmm. superficial conversations, we go straight to how's your soul today, you know, and how's your heart? Where's your heart at? And being able to just deep dive with that person and for them to know, for me to know that she is really treasuring that conversation Mm -hmm. and that she knows me and is going to build me up mm. to really step into some of the areas where I'm struggling, ask me questions that provoke my my journey. Yeah. Um, for me, the last four years, I've I've been a mom, and I just got so tired of talking about nothing but nap schedules, meal schedules, <laughs> breastfeeding, you know, like how to fix a behavior with my child or something new popped up and I have to figure out what to do. And it really became that I was struggling with perfectionism. Like I got to fix this. Something's wrong with my kid, you know, Um, or something's not working with breastfeeding or why are they not napping when they're supposed to? And really what I needed was for a community of people to say, and ask me about my idols that I was mm-hmm. holding on to in that season mm-hmm. and where I was struggling with perfectionism mm-hmm. and where my performance driven nature was starting to cause me to stumble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's very important to have a group of people yeah. that are willing to go deep yeah. right away, yes. call and not just talk about the high level stuff, but also figure out where your heart's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah thanks for that. I just are sharing that again. It's important for all of us to, to remember. Yeah. Level. Yeah. yeah. So, Cole, your view, you know, you just mentioned with Katie, you talk a lot about community. We talk about safe people and how important it is um, to have people that surround us that are, that are like-minded, that are critical thinkers, but also are challenging us to, to live in the messy middle in a way that honors God too. Mm. So yeah, do, is there, do you have some other things that you'd like to kind of add in that regard? Yeah. Um, I mean, what Katie said was brilliant. I loved what she shared. I think, um, I will say, I mean, God has always wanted us to engage community and it, it just comes, we are made in his image. Yeah. And so the triune nature, when you think, well, isn't it funny? There's three of us sitting here. So you can kind of model, you know, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, everything, you know, the posture of love, which is the posture of the kingdom of God, which is the posture of worship and everything is how do I serve you? And Michael, how do I serve you? And you, how do I serve you? And you've got this circuitry that's beautiful. It is community. Love passes in community. So we can never forget that we are created to be in that community because we are created for love, by love. And so it's really essential that his image and honoring his image in us requires community. Um, I think the times that we're in, we are just really, I mean, talk about a messy middle. Let's just talk about the messy middle of right now, today, what is happening in our world. You know, many people are looking at the unrest in the Middle East and just so many things, you know, in prophecy have been fulfilled. So um, there are some real challenges with feeling like, could this be the end sometime soon? And that is not for us to determine. I mean, we are to live like Jesus is returning tomorrow at all times. But, you know, there are things where we have some different burdens in this time than maybe people did at other times. And I know, like, for me, um, friendships, relationships where people don't know the Lord feel more urgent to me. Um, like, we've, they need to know the gospel. They need to, you know, there's just kind of this, we may not be here. There's not a lot of time left. And that urgency actually can negatively impact relationships. Um, and so there is a place where we have to leave it to God be true to whatever he calls us to in those relationships. But I think to carry that, because I'm seeing it, I mean, we're seeing it in some friends that we have. We just walked through something last week where maybe you have to give your children to the Lord, pray and pray and pray like crazy, share the burden of that in community because other people are going through that. And I do think there are times that come things come up in different times that you, it requires community to say, I'm not in this alone. You know, we are all talking about the strategies that God is giving us to kind of walk through it. And it, it, that is what God designed us to be in because the messy middle is really hard um, without safe people to share it with an accuser um, who is constantly accusing you. And when you can share that with other people, just how they can say, oh my gosh, we get that. And it just seems to be a mark of our times or whatever. And you just don't feel alone. And I think it's really, really important um, 
to God and probably, you know, looking at statistics on loneliness, depression, anxiety that are especially through the roof in America, but all over the world. Um, one of the big things, it's a failure of connection is what they're finding underneath all of that. And isn't it interesting that God made us for connection? And yet the thing that's being attacked is there's not safe people. So people don't share, then they don't want to, you know, they're not going to trust anyone. They go into themselves. They're not authentic and look at the data that's coming in. The more that ramps up, it, it's just, I think it is the full indicator that community is completely breaking down and safe community is very, very difficult to find. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, just to piggyback on what you're saying, like, when you said it's about the connection mm -hmm. piece, like, that really does define whether or not you found any community. Yes. And it really on every level, like, community is important on this connection is first. Like, in what kind of a marriage would you have without the connection there? Yes, yeah. right. You know, it's it's not about just being in the same room. Right. It's not about just showing up and leaving church every week without mm -hmm. talking to anyone. Mm -hmm. We're not taking making an effort or having a, any kind of a connection, forming a friendship. Yep. You know, iron sharpens iron. Getting it to the point, like you know, our our friendship is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we can speak into each other's lives. You know, share things. Look, oh man, this is what I'm thinking. What am I, am I crazy? Yeah. Um, but even you know, I'll, I'll share a quick story on the, on the on the level of community in the sense of the body. Yeah. From a from a healing perspective you know i i went and talked with some folks this summer uh like in a prayer ministry setting and we we talked about you know our last segment we we, we went through the doubt yes talked about doubts right. um i was i had a long-held deep-seated belief mm -hmm. but it was basically a self-doubt mm. and uh wasn't even what i went there to talk to them about but in the course of the prayer process, it came up that I just keep repeating this. I have this belief that I held so firmly that I didn't even question it. Mm. You know, you just have something that you believe for so long. Right. And it was something along the lines of, I, I will always miss it. Mm. I will always. And, I, and it was just this underlying fear. Mm. We were talking about fear. I'm like, do you have any, have any fear? I'm like, well, I, got the, I have this one fear. Mm -hmm. that, that well, has always nagged me that I, every possible opportunity I will miss it that whatever it is because mm -hmm. like like yeah, we talked about self-doubt it's not that I doubt him it's I doubt me yeah so he can set the table mm -hmm. I will fail my way through life and not and and never amount to you know and never achieve destiny never mm -hmm. achieve the fullness of yeah. what I was here to do like yeah. this was my this was my operating system. Yeah. Well, that that wasn't going to sit. You know, that wasn't. We weren't just going to let that lie. No. <laughs> it. You know. So that turned out to be a a fear of failure. Yeah. Which we were able to peel back, and now I get to try to walk through. What does it look like without that? Yeah. Yeah. So I can I step into a situation and not have this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This self doubt. This you know. Well, at any minute. Mm -hmm. The yeah. wheels are going to come off, yeah. Because you're going to you're going to miss it. Well, guys, like I, that's not how it's ever been. That's mm -hmm. just your perception. That's mm -hmm. right. So 
you know, without that level of community engagement, how would I have ever, I mean, maybe someday I would have unwound that, but yeah. how many years from now? You know, how many years more would I have labored under that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the community is about the connection of being able to, you know, it, it takes a little bit of humility, a little mm -hmm. bit of risk does yeah. um, on every level. Yep. Well, COVID taught us a lot about what, how we talked about isolation. We talked about the, it's almost, it's almost a, it's a pandemic in and of itself because it was a result of us being, you know, in our own little world. You know, we, we're two extroverts, like yeah. we consider ourselves an introvert, but, um, you know, we'd love being around people. We'd love hanging out. We'd love doing things, always out roaming around. Doing I can tell you that I was pretty, um, pretty content <laughs> just stay at home watch church online, uh, you know, get get whatever I need to out of that. But I realized back, going back, how much I missed just being around people. You know, we, we markedly, we, we talk about going back into the church and in fellowship and sitting in a church service, but, and that in itself is great, but you made the point of, you know, do we just get up and leave? Well, we did a few times because like, oh, we're going to leave because it just felt, like that, I'm done. <laughs> you know, to turn off the Zoom, turn off the TV, we're done. Yeah. Uh, it it really um, drew us to get more involved uh, in an adult Bible fellowship, uh, do men's Bible study now on on Wednesdays and different types of things that we we really found to be connected with people and, and community is vital, vital to our our existence. So it really is. We can't live otherwise. And that's what God created us to be in community. Um, right from the beginning we brought that up the try in nature so really really good this was another episode of the embracing brokenness podcast for more information on embracing brokenness ministries or to subscribe to our blog podcast youtube channel or engage with us on social media please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org thanks for joining us